Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. What do you think of when you hear the word humility? One of the things that I think of, a picture I get in my mind, is of me staring at the ocean and how wide it is, how large, how powerful, how small I am in comparison to the ocean, or even looking at the sky. I love watching the clouds and how beautiful they are. Different formations all the time. They're always changing, always moving, always looking different colors, different patterns. So beautiful. And I look up there as if I'm a kid laying on the grass in the middle of a big field. And that's partly humility to me is knowing that there's so much around me that I'm not the center of the universe. And um, I didn't use this concept of humility at all in my life before I realized that I needed help um, when I left my marriage and started seeking recovery and, you know, going to therapy and trying to really better my life. You know, before that, I was always interested in self-help type things. And I was always a follower of Oprah and she, you know, had Eckhart Tolle there and I read A New Earth and I loved that kind of stuff and I wanted more of it, but I didn't know where to get it. And so when I really got into recovery and realized I had a lot of parts of me that needed to be healed, that's when I started reading different things and my world kind of opened up to recovery in different ways and groups I could go to, people I could connect with, and those people in turn led me to more resources and all that. So now my world and my spirituality and my sense of humility has expanded and That word humility just, I just pump it for new definitions all the time and it just brings a sparkle every single time I see a new little shiny part of that word peeking out. Um, So today I'm going to talk about humility and I'm going to do kind of a vulnerable share because I'm really going to share about a situation I just went through in my life that was pretty miraculous to me. I got to really see how humility led me towards an outcome I would have never known could have really come. And the way humility works is it's kind of mysterious to me in a way. Like, I have to go through a spiritual process for it to be able to function in my life. And I can't know what's what the outcome will be. I just have to let go, do that surrendering, And remember that I'm just a leaf in the stream. I'm going to talk about humility today and tell you a story. I'm going to try to keep it to 20 minutes or less. 
And I hope that you get something from it because I have seen miracles happen in my life now that I'm still in quiet every morning and try to listen to kind of the guidance of the universe, if you want to call it that. Now that I do that every day, my life seems so much more on course. It's like I really was a train that was off its tracks. And now that I take the time in the morning to try and connect with my higher power, which I call God, just because it's shorthand. If I do that and I try to do some meditation and listening, I feel like my life has been much more on track to the path that is that leaf in the stream. That I'm not trying to push the river as another spiritual teacher of mine says. I'm just flowing with the river. I'm not trying to speed it up. I'm not trying to slow it down. I'm just moving with the flow of life. And if we look around us in nature, we see that happening. You can see animals behaving that way. Um, when I got divorced, there was a very complicated situation in the location of me and my ex-husband. So we lived here on the West Coast. Um, we both grew up here in the same city, went to the same high school and all, and we lived you know, within 50 miles of where we grew up when we had a house together and had our son and all that. And then after our son was about two, my ex-husband was really upset. He didn't like his job here. And he got an opportunity to work on the East Coast with a similar company as he worked to here. And um, at that time, it was going to be a little more prestigious, not more money, but definitely working with some higher um, level people. And um, that really appealed to him. And I wanted him to be happier. So we, even though we were deciding if we were going to stay together, I really wanted him to take that opportunity to work on the East Coast because he seems so miserable here. You know, I wanted that for him and he wanted that for him. And so we decided to have him move to the East Coast and I decided to move with him for a little while to see how it would go. And um, I always thought that we would just live there possibly for three years and then come back. That was always the story that I said in my head that I heard. Those were the facts that I heard before I left. Well, you know, I tried it on the East Coast and I wasn't able to stay there. You know, all our family was here and um, I also learned that if I had stayed there, then this the state we lived in, if we'd stayed after six months, would start having jurisdiction over what happens with my son, with our son. And so luckily I got that piece of legal advice and, and I wanted to leave because I needed to be closer to my family. And things weren't working out with me and my ex-husband and we were definitely getting a divorce. So me and my son moved back to... The West Coast, and that was hard. It was a really hard decision because I didn't want to take him away from his dad, but I also knew that I needed to survive. And because it was an abusive relationship, I was seeking help for that at the time. And um, being stuck and isolated in a city where I at first only knew my abusive husband really wasn't a very good situation for trying to get out of something like that. And 
he was really trying to get me to buy a house with him over there and really roped me into staying. And um, luckily I got out of it, you know, um, amazingly. So fast forward now, so that was, you know, six years ago. And now my son and I have lived here alone um, for more than five years together while my ex decided to stay for whatever reason he decided to stay on the East Coast. I Maybe he likes his job. I, he has, he's really never said. So he decided to stay on the East Coast. And so that's been a big challenge for him to see our son. And um, so I've done most of the parenting. And um, this year, and, and he... It's very. It was very loose in our first agreement. This past year, my ex-husband met someone and is getting married, and he has changed his mind and now really wants to be a family man. So he decided to sue me for more custody, and he had put a little clause in there that he also wanted me to pay for half of the travel costs for him when he, he would visit my son or my son or our son would visit him. I saw that document and we went to mediation. We came up with a new parenting plan where he got a lot more time with our son, which I wasn't ecstatic about, but I would rather he and I came to an agreement together in mediation than wait for a judge to decide something that doesn't know anything, you know. So we came to agreement, he got more time, and, um, you know, I was willing to accept that. I didn't think it was the best thing for my son, but, you know, I can't control everything, and I understand that. And, you know, my son wants to see his dad more. So, um, and now that he's getting married, um, his new wife is really a lovely person. And so I knew my son would be better taken care of now that his dad has someone in his life to help kind of keep things um, more on, on course. I thought, hopefully, I was praying and hoping that we would be able to just get the paperwork signed by the judge this March. So this all started, like, back in November, and um, it was supposed to be signed by the judge in March. I thought, cool, we agreed on the parenting plan. Um, it's possible this might just go through with us having a signature and not having to show up in court. Well, a couple weeks before the judge was supposed to look at the paperwork... I get a email, so this was like three weeks ago, I get an email from my ex-husband's lawyer that says that, are you okay with paying half of the travel costs? If so, I can, you know, write up a stipulation and um, blah, blah, blah. And so I was not okay with paying half for the travel costs, and I really had to search within to decide what... I wanted to do. So faced with this decision, I could either sign some paperwork, avoid going to court, and just eat the cost, which is going to be, you know, thousands of dollars over the next many years. And that was one thing I could do. And then it would go away in a way, like I wouldn't have to appear in court. And I could sign that and just let my ex-husband have what he wanted to have. That was one option. And part of me likes that option of just being kind of passive because it scares me to go to court. And I have had, because of the trauma and all those things and because I can be really codependent, um, which means that I am very fearful of situations like this especially, 
Um, and in the past, I probably have cowered and not stood up for myself because it's easier to not make waves and just go with the flow. So I had that decision to make. Um, so I called some friends, I got still and quiet, and I tried to ask for guidance from the universe, you know. And I read the paperwork again. And after reading the paperwork again, I realized, you know what, these things sound like lies to me, and I, I need to fight for myself. I, I need to stand up for myself. And so this is the part that the humility comes in, though, because fighting for myself with a lawyer, there's one way to do that, and it's just going ballistic and being angry and this is unfair and how could you do this to me? That kind of pathway is one pathway. And I could feel a part of me being really angry about that. Like, how dare this person imply that I, for some reason, have responsibility in pain for his choice to live across the country? Like, it, that does not make any sense. I never wanted him to live across the country for six years, you know, or, or forever. Um, that's never something I agreed to. Um, so I don't know why it's insinuating that this is my fault of his choice to do that. So I really didn't like that. Plus, just there were other things in there that I just couldn't stomach. I'm like, I don't want this paperwork to go through and me not have fought for myself. So I decided to um, fight back and make sure I do a rebuttal or whatever it's called. I'm really bad about legal terminology. But I was going to do it not because of the outcome. I had to release that outcome and surrender that I don't have control what's going to happen. The judge is going to do what the judge does, but I need to do this paperwork. I need to, to address the issue that this is not true. I see it in a completely different way than, than the person that is suing me. And I needed to write my feelings and my thoughts down on, on that paper and have that appear in court and not just let this happen to me. That's part of the humility is me letting go of that outcome of I'm going to do this and it doesn't mean that I think I'm going to be saved from having to pay money that I shouldn't have to pay. It just is for me to stand up for myself. And I had never stood up for myself in that way before. I have a hard time standing up for myself, especially when it comes to relationships, right? Um, okay, and then the other thing I noticed, the spiritual work I did, was I did notice that angry voice in me, like, how could he do this? What is wrong with him? You know, I can't believe he thinks that I should pay this money when he makes more money than me, and it's just, it was pretty ridiculous. But I did notice those angry voices, and I had to remember that I'm not perfect either, and have some humility there. Yeah, I don't like his choices, but, you know, he doesn't like my choices either, and we're just two people, you know. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he does, and I think it hurts our son, but he doesn't see it that way. He just he has a totally different viewpoint on the situation than me. And 
the way to fight back is not to get angry because that really doesn't solve anything. And thirdly, I reminded myself that I have seen many times before when I've gone through these rough situations, for instance, when we first got divorced and all that and all the money and all the things that you have to settle when you get divorced. So challenging, right? Scary stuff. And because it's just like you don't know what's going to happen. And I remembered I've gotten through all of that and it's actually all come out fine. I'm still here. My life is still getting better at every single turn and I can do this. I can make it through. I don't know the outcome of this. Who knows why the universe is bringing me this? How do I know that this is bad? Maybe the universe is preparing me for something. Maybe I need to practice sticking up for myself. Maybe for some reason this is important in some kind of outcome that I, as a tiny little human, cannot fathom. There are so many unintended consequences or unintended um, effects of so many decisions that we make all day long. And I know especially in dealing with my son that so many times I worry about things and then when I let go, I'm like, oh my gosh, it actually was better that I didn't put him to bed last night. Look, now he missed me this morning. Or look, he had so much fun with the babysitter last night. I couldn't have brought that to him. You know, like there's so many unexpected things that come out of situations. So here I am rounding on 20 minutes pretty soon here. Um, and I will tell you that everything ended up working out. I ended up taking some steps towards filling out my paperwork and standing up for myself. And thankfully, at the 11th hour, we were able to sign an agreement and I didn't have to go to court. But it was very stressful. And up until the night before court, I didn't know if I still had to be there. And man, it was a hard week. But I got through it and I don't have to pay the travel costs. Amazingly, miraculously, I had to do all the footwork though. I had to fill out all the documents. I had to get it all prepared. I didn't know I wasn't gonna meet at court until all that was finished. And it's just really interesting the way like when we show up or when I show up and actually like do the hard things that I don't wanna do such as filling out hours of paperwork or meeting with a lawyer, those things really scare me, they're hard for me. I don't know exactly why. I mean, I'm assuming it's because I kind of had some learned helplessness as a kid or I just don't believe in myself enough sometimes to make those decisions. Um, but I can do it. You know, I'm proving that to myself through this. that I can do it and um, I can get through anything, right? And so I had that faith. I had that humility. I had that connection with the universe and um, I, I can trust myself. I can trust the universe. And the last thing I just wanted to say is when I wrote about this before, before recording tonight, one of the last thoughts I put down is that less resistance is humility. I really think that's what humility is to me, is when I don't resist, when I just let life come, I don't need to judge everything as good and bad. I do the next thing that I feel is right within my value system, 
within my group of friends, if I talk to someone about it within my spirituality, and I trust myself. And I remember that I don't know everything that's going to happen. Part of being a human is that not knowing, and it's hard, but it's also kind of mystical, and that to me is beautiful. So I hope you got something out of that story today, and you can always DM me, and I will DM you back if you contact me on Instagram. Leave me a voicemail. All right, take care, survivors. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.